This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And you know, Zupan's is a place to go for anything you need food-wise or even some things for the kitchen. But uh, when special events arise, it might be time for some lamb or veal, which is probably something that isn't on everybody's everyday menu. Um, So this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they have 25% off lamb and veal. That makes it a special occasion unto itself, Court. So through March 21st, get on it. Very nice. And speaking of those special occasions, it's not too early to start thinking about uh, Passover and Easter. Uh, In fact, those are just maybe, what, two weeks out? Uh, Zupans, as usual, always has a great Passover menu. We're talking about a great lineup of fully cooked dishes, including red wine, braised brisket, matzo ball soup, and uh, much, much more. You can see the full Passover menu and their Easter menu at zupans.com. And also, speaking of Easter and spring, time for flowers to start thinking about them. And uh, Zupans has some great floral design and wine classes. And you have your choice, whether you're comfortable doing it at the store, in person, or virtually. You can join in. They have tickets available for April 11th. Uh, and then May 16th and 23rd, and then some going into June as well. So April, you'll look forward to a class featuring wheatgrass, lemons, sunny blossoms, and citrus colors. Um, I know I'm looking forward to uh, to a colorful spring, and Zupans is a great way to make sure you enjoy it. Three locations, easily convenient to you. You got the one on McAdam. West Burnside, and in Lake Oswego, and always wear, Chris. Where I was just referring to, zoopans.com. All right, it's time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. Yeah, that's where I'm from, Court. And you are in the studio at the the kink.fm studios right now, which right now is the right at the fork studios. Yeah, whenever we're doing this, it converts (laughs) over and uh, it's, it's, you know, it's multi-use. I know. And it's an incredible deal for our big corporation. Sure. uh, To turn that beautiful building, which is the uh, PAC. Is it still called the PAC West building? Yeah, it's still. I I think technically it's the it's the uh, key. uh, This is funny. I I didn't notice this until not too uh, long ago. It's the key bank tower at PAC West Center or something like that. I don't know. PAC West Center. Oh, good. Make make it simple for everybody. But it's simple for us now because you're the only one who's going in. I'm doing this from home. Yep. So, um, and you know, time was, I was really looking forward to getting back in the studio and now I'm getting used to doing it here, save for a couple of technical errors that we have to deal with, but not that we never had technical issues in the studio too. So not, not too often, but, um, every now and then it's always great to be joining you. So, but as long as we're talking about out at the coast, we're actually, if you're heading down 26 and you take a left at the fork you're going to head towards Tillamook, Oregon, and um, find what I thought was a fantastic little food cart. She called it a food cart. I started calling it a food truck. Uh, Jen Hilger from Recess Food Truck, right there on 101. She'll tell you across from the Advance Auto Parts and McDonald's right next to the Killer Coffee cart as well. 
Um, I happen to have a fantastic hot dog, which she told me was uh, was a Nathan's famous. But what's more important, what was is what was put on that hot dog, which was fresh bacon, grilled onions, and then I found out she made her own bun oh. on top of it because she couldn't find the right bun in the area. So she took it upon herself to make a homemade hot dog bun. The fries were fantastic. And that's when I said, hey, it's a good time of year to be talking about the coast because a lot of people are coming out here and a lot of people tend to ask me where I sh- where we should go or where they should go. And uh, this will be an opportunity for me to take the easy way out and just send everybody this podcast because Jen not only talks about her food truck, which is great, but some other places to go in and around Tillamook and Nahalem. And I had a couple of my um, preferred spots and known spots. And she turned me on to a few I'd never heard of, too. So it's certainly a worthwhile podcast for anyone to listen to, not only to hear Jen's interesting story of pretty much, as she put it, throwing a dart at a map uh, and ending up in Tillamook, Oregon from Utah, um, but how she feels about moving out here her uh, change or her transition from the corporate world. So uh, she'll tell us that she did a lot of importing and buying of the little doodads that you get at fast food places, the toys and so forth. And I tried to encourage her to start giving those out at her food truck so I could get a toy. (laughs) So um, anyway, so she'll talk about that. She and her partner, um, have a pretty good thing going out there and they're based in Nehalem and operate this really great little food truck down in um, Tillamook. I think all of us are always curious as to how the food truck or food cart business is and how it's seasonal, but you know, Tillamook's a little different than Portland. So she's got some other considerations and some other advantages. And of course a food truck uh, over the last year was probably if you're going to be in the food business is probably the best spot to be or one of the best spots to be um uh in in terms of hospitality and being able to be profitable yeah and move forward so so it was good talking to jen about that and um it's a fun podcast she's very fun we got along we have a lot of things in common like going to a small college and deciding we wanted to end up at a large one she talks about that and and so forth so um I think it's a fun podcast that everyone will enjoy listening to, whether or not they're going to the coast. But hopefully it'll prompt uh, some people to jump out here. It'll be my first stop, Chris, when I hit Tillamook soon. Good. Well, that th- you say your first stop isn't my place? Well, okay. Maybe it'll be your place and then Jen's place. How about we meet down there? Ooh, That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. And by the way, I, I, I was talking about the wonders of the food cart and i still have yet to have their burger which she said is the thing to get but what's really cool is they built a little picnic area out back and uh you know it's a nice place one of the things about food trucks and food carts is finding a spot to eat and when you have a choice of about 10 picnic tables with a view um that's a real special thing so there's one thing um i didn't ask in the podcast that i meant to that she uh that we texted about afterwards which is how she came up with the name and it was not what i thought it was i thought recess would and 
you know, here's why I probably passed it by. I thought it was maybe grilled cheese and peanut butter sandwiches and things to eat that someone at recess in elementary school might enjoy. But to the contrary, she told me that it's called recess because it's fun for her and her partner. They enjoy it. They uh, and it feels like recess to them. Oh, so it's like it's it's more for them than anybody else. Right. So I didn't even think as you know, I'm want to do was to inject my two cents and say, you know, for four years, I thought you were serving peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which is probably why I didn't stop by. Oh, well, now now, you know, and now everybody else knows. So they can go exactly. check it out. So don't don't listen to only the part where I talk about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because they don't exist there. No. Well, they might, but that's not the key. It's burgers and hot dogs and some other. They have chicken as well and some great things. But at any rate, uh, never listen to me. Listen to Jen right now. Right at the Fork is supported by Zupan's Markets. Whether you're an expert chef or a connoisseur of great cuisine, Zupan's Markets has been the number one destination for the food and wine lovers of Portland and beyond for over 40 years. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego or Zupan's.com. Ringside Steakhouse. It's time again to slice into the best steaks and service available in Portland. Seating is now available by reservation only for indoor and outdoor dining at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And check out the newly opened New England-style fish and ship spot with a Northwest personality, Rock Paper Fish, a partnership between the Peterson family and Portland icon Micah Camden in the old Boxer Ramen space on East Burnside for takeout only. And by Portland Food Adventures, Cabin Fever, Book a fantastic culinary vacation in 2021 with podcast host Chris Angeles. Experience the best of Basque Country with Javier Canteras of Urdaneta or Western Sicily with Taste of Italy's Austri Enzyme. Whet your appetite and get more information at PortlandFoodAdventures.com or contact Red at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more details. Um, all right, so good. Thanks. Where are you in Nehalem? It's the, you know, Miami Foley. Yeah. Okay, so that is between mile 10 and 11 on Miami Foley. Oh, okay. And then it heads up the river. All right. Yeah, no, I, I, I know about where that is. So I hear Miami Foley is kind of an interesting spot. Shit goes on, <laughs> shit goes on there. It does. We have lots of campers living in the middle of nowhere and... Sometimes empty, just on the road. I mean, empty it's, campers. Uh, it looks like Breaking Bad over there. It does. It does. It's met, Little Meth City. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. We live in a beautiful piece of paradise, and unfortunately, we have difficulty controlling the transients. Right. You know. So I will tell you a little story, and may or may not decide to keep this in, but I find it amusing anyway, so we should keep it in. A few, uh, probably 10 years ago now, I was looking for a, uh, I was helping my brother look for a vacation property on the coast. Okay. And this is when I was living in Portland and we were out with a realtor and there was a house that had just come on the market that she hadn't seen yet off of Miami Foley. And I have noticed it a couple of times when I've come by. So so we went in, it was a long driveway going east off of Miami Foley. And okay. we passed the guy in, a, in an old Volvo coming out. That's irrelevant, but I just remember all these, all these things are memorable. You get in and there was, um, once we got in, in the bedroom, there was a sign outside the door saying, 
this is this is the domain of the captain and all women shall be uh you know whatever so shall take commands or whatever it was okay and there was all this weird stuff going on with the bed you know hanging and this was on the market so then you go downstairs in the basement and there was a dungeon they were showing oh. the house with a full-on dungeon with all sorts of stuff going on that okay. you know I, I would like to admit that i didn't even know what some of it was for was. what it would yeah. do um but it was really truly bizarre and <laughs> we were, we were um, just marveling at the fact that this was actually on the market right and all i could do is think of what was going on there in the deep woods right it's really quiet and the horror stories some people i'm sure some were complicit and they were in but who knows? Weird, it, right? It was just really, really, really weird that this was. Apparently the realtor didn't communicate to them well enough that, you know, this is where you take out your personal photos. <laughs> Maybe well, you're there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of things you can conjure up, but I'm going to guess that the realtor must have encouraged them to get rid of that stuff. <laughs> But they insisted thinking they could sell it. That That's my guess on it. I can't imagine a realtor. But I would imagine there's some realtors that would say, I'm not, I'm not your agent. This is embarrassing. Right. Although, but for some people, it's not embarrassing at all. I understand that to each their own. But totally. in the real estate world, that just seemed to be. Uh, yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to try and sell your house for the most possible. And I, for a very small clientele, it, this is going to help. You know, yes. I mean. <laughs> yeah, for a, it, it's a really, you know, how many people are interested in a house out there anyway? But then, to, right. so it was just my memory. Funny. So anyway, good for you that you're there. And I'm sure, I'm sure you enjoy it. We all in, enjoy it. I love it. So um, at any rate, it was a delight to stop at recess. Um, last week, I'd been passing it just like I passed a lot of things for years. And, you know, Tillamook is not a place where I've necessarily just gone to eat. As right. I told you, when I'm going to Portland, it's quicker to go via 26. Sure. So, but I, I'm in Tillamook enough. So, um, but at any rate, that day I was at Les Schwab and just had this thought, boy, I could really use a hot dog. I just, for whatever reason, I love hot dogs. And um, past your truck, I didn't know you had a hot dog on the menu, but... It looked appealing with the picnic tables outside. And I thought, okay, well, what else? I was going to go get a taco. Yeah. And, um, I have to say this. It's weird to say because, you know, you get excited when you're having something good to eat. And you, right. how many times in our, in our lives have we said, oh, I've never had a better slice of pizza or whatever. Sure. It's the best. Right. But this is about a week later. And I still think that might have been the best hot dog I've ever had in my life. And I later found out when I was talking to you, you actually made the bun yourself, which yeah. who does that? Right. But someone does that when they want to make it the best they can and they can't source a bun that is up to your expectations. I'm sure, sure. that's part of the reason. And the fries were awesome too. So I was just in heaven. I came back with my girlfriend two days later and she concurred. It was I love it. Like I just excellent. appreciate that so much. And, you know, I think about that even when you said, you know, in your kind of the introduction to the Zoom meeting and you asked, like, think of some funny stories. You know, our first year, we did not have a hot dog. And, yeah. and it was like, pe people would come up and they're like, I want a hot dog. I want a hot dog. And I'm like, okay, well, when we reopened in our new location, we're like, we're going to put a hot dog on there. And 
you know, of course we, we, <laughs> I'm not a huge hot dog eater, but if I'm going to, I want to have, you know, Nathan's or a Vienna beef or something that's people love as the hot dog. You know, we're not even making our own uh, hot dogs. So it's just a, the great that we can have a good quality and our condiments and things people like. And I, I do in my world, fresh bread tops most things, you know, in terms of any grocery store bun you can get. I, I don't, right. think, I don't think a grocery store or wholesaler or whomever, we even tried to find a bakery and all the bakeries basically said, yeah, we'd love to do that for you in the winter time. <laughs> I said, fair enough. I understood, you know, so, but I, I'm grateful that you, you need a hot dog in the summer, but it wasn't just, by the way, who, where do you source that dog? It's good. It's a Nathan's hot dog. And it's a Nathan's. It. Yeah, yeah which, it's Nathan's. Which I grew up with, so of course I'm going to gravitate yeah. towards it. <laughs> but it was not only that, it was the fresh, it was the perfectly cooked bacon you put on it. And then, of course, onions are not difficult to do. Sure. But the combination of everything. And then I was wondering, do you, do you, make, your own, do you make your own ketchup or mustard? This is not that relevant, but because you made the bun, I thought. Well, no. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is when I, we do not make our own ketchup or mustard. And the reason being, and the things that I usually tell people when they're new to our cart is we make everything except for the ketchup because I think Heinz does it best. Yeah. And I really do. I really uh, disagree. Yeah. I mean, I've tried all kinds of ketchups out there and um, almost every time I can tell when it's not Heinz and I just don't like it. So, And, and part of that is what you're used to. I mean, I think the Portland ketchup is great, but I'm used to Heinz. And in the end, if you, if you handed me both to try, yeah. And if they're listening, I'm sorry. I know no one from Heinz is listening. So, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Um, but uh, if you gave me the choice of either, I would go for the Heinz, except for the having to pop it out of the bottle. I that's yep, right, the 57. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I for that reason I hate them, but it is what it is. And now we, and now we have squeeze bottles. So yes, they've made it easier for that's us. That's all good. But then they complicated it by making different varieties, right? So now they, I have it in my hand. I don't know if I have the right one in my hand. That's true. Um I, I tend to for my own home personal use, I like the simply where it's actually made with sugar. Um, right. And there is another one, but it's, you know, it's a small Indiana. It's called Red Gold. Uh, is, and I like them and I'd love to support them out here specifically just because, you know, it's something from home. But getting Red Gold out here is probably not going to happen. <laughs> you know, I find it's funny because I, especially during COVID, I have found things because we're out here on the coast and there right. aren't a ton of choices. So right. not like there are in Portland and certainly, you know, having Portland food adventures in this podcast, I want to support as many sure. restaurants as I can. However, in the end, you know, I've been doing things like ordering Lou Malnati's pizzas from Taste of Chicago, which I just <laughs> love. And, and I hesitate even this morning. They had the, today a deal ends for that seventh pizza for the price of six, which is right. you know, yeah. great. And I hesitate to put it out there publicly because I'm supposed to be the guy, a guy promoting Portland and local. And, right. you know, there's those people in Chicago, you know, make a great pizza. So, well, when you're looking for Chicago style pizza, I'm sorry, but Uno's doesn't cut it. I don't even know if there are any Uno's out here, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. Brooks, my partner's family all lives in Chicago. So at Christmas time during, you know, when we close down the food cart, we go back and that's what, one of the nights is a Lou Malnati's night. 
Oh, good. Well, it's good to know that. Well, it's not necessarily looking for that. I just think it's delicious. Yeah. And on top of that, for a, when I'm alone, yeah, I just love, I don't know what I'm going to have tonight. And oh, and they're in the freezer 40 minutes later, I can have something that's fantastic and then have it again the next night. So right. for me, it's just easy. And, you know, we just did, um, we just bought, uh, I don't know if you've done it, but you should try to, I'll get one for you. I'll do some trade for you. I'll, okay. But the uh, Lasagna Project PDX, and we've had uh, Thomas Boyce on the podcast. It is awesome. just fantastic. But to get it out here, it's like a medley relay. So it has to be delivered to my kids in Portland, who then hand it to my girlfriend, who brings it out, and or we meet somewhere in Portland. And anyway. It's, it's pretty funny how that works, but um, I don't remember how we started with that. Oh, so yes, it's hard to, sometimes it's, we just get so caught up in localness Yes, and it's good, but you feel a little weird promoting something from outside of town. So if you're, if you want to, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with your shipping and ketchup from where did That's you That's true, right? Yeah, I think it's, it's cool. Yeah. Like yeah. you do this for a reason. It's great. And it's yeah. what I'm used to. And this is my sensibility, which is a great sense, which is a great segue to, you know, you're now operating a food cart, in, a food truck, right? right. You got to get used to the terminology in um, Tillamook, Oregon. And this is not something that 10 years ago, you would have thought you would have been doing, correct? No let's go back to your- Not your even five, probably. So, yeah, so let's go. Let's go back a little bit to your background. I think it's really interesting. I and I, by the way, I hope people. I think this is um, a relevant topic. You're, you know, are you're a relevant guest? You're always relevant, but especially because summer's coming up, and there are a lot of people from Portland who are going to be visiting the coast. And I get so many questions is where, where should we go to eat? My favorite ones are the ones on Instagram, people I don't know who want me yeah. to stop and tell them where to go when I don't know what they like. <laughs> right. But this is kind of my way of saying, hey, here's a, here's a great idea for those of you coming to the coast. Stop it, right. recess and grab lunch. But I like people to know the person behind the food. And so therefore, let's talk a little bit because I think your food is great. How you got to own a food truck in, of all places, Tillamook, Oregon. You're obviously not from out here. No, no. Uh, my partner, Brooke, and I moved here, gosh, uh, probably seven and a half years ago. And when we, it was kind of a, we threw a dart and we basically, she was living in the Midwest at the time. I was living in Utah and it was time for a change of scenery. And we both decided we liked oceans and mountains. And so we looked for rentals and it, it guided us to the Oregon coast. And the one that landed us here was a, a great rental in Tillamook. Now we pulled into Tillamook and I'd never been to Oregon before. And uh, the delicious smell of the dairy cattle farms was mm. overwhelming to say the least. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. But you know, you stay any place for any given time, you're going to find the beauty in that community and the community the beauty of our community is the people. Uh, we just love, we love the, that everyone comes together when there's a tragedy or even celebration. Um, and the separation kind of, uh, of what a lot of people experience has just gone away. And so um, Brooke and I found, we, we lived in Tillamook for about two years and we both came from business backgrounds. Um, and she was working in kind of uh, 
oh, big corporations and sales. And then she kind of decided that she wanted, she was an entrepreneur and wanted to do beauty products. And so she blended her own line of beauty products, which then lended itself to when we get to the food part. Um, I came from working in overseas manufacturing and marketing. So I spent a lot of time making fast food toys for KFC, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut and a lot of other like for movie theater unpacked promos, just silly little things that you don't even think about that get made somewhere. And I have always had a passion for cooking, um, probably since I was a little girl and I'd come home from school and, you know, I probably shouldn't have been touching the knives and doing things, but I was hungry. So I was going to make something. And I'd had friends in my past who said, I don't know why you're in business. You should totally have a restaurant. And I thought, golly, those hours are terrible. <laughs> uh, and it's hard work. And I knew that. Um, and, and I also didn't want to not love cooking as much. And well, what I found out when we decided that we were going to do a food cart and we were just playing around with recipes, um, Brooke is very good at coming up with recipes, blending things, making great sauces. She's, the, you know, come up with the dessert the delicious desserts and the bread recipes. I mean, uh, it's uh, the, the combination of the two of us and what we both have the passion for. I, I like grilling and meat and burgers have always been a passion of mine. So it was kind of a no brainer when we're like, okay, we're going to try this. Let's see how it goes. So what were you going to do when you moved out here? What was the plan? Well, I do. I, I still do some of it on the side, but just marketing uh, anything with your name on it. So promotional products. I but just transitioned from anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. And I still have some clientele. I don't actively pursue. If someone needs something, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to help if I have the time. But um, so, yeah, so we were both doing online businesses. And so where's where when I order my hot dog, where's my little toy? I, didn't <laughs> <have> a toy. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, well, let's hope we grow to that size that we need little toys. <laughs> well, it would, be, it would be a cute thing. I think it'd be it would be. People would. If they don't remember you from the food, they're going to remember they got a little toy. So, and you right. know that that's what you do. So that's I you... know, right? I spent many <laughs> years uh, sitting in factories, making sure things get made. So, um, yeah, it was just a, uh, you know, it was a, I don't know. There was something that came alive in both of us when we started talking about what kind of menu we might have and what kind of food we would put there and what sauces or how we would decorate everything and then what we would call it and what would our food cart look like and how would we set you know this the things that you don't think that go on and and putting it all together but you know just like any other business it it takes time and and finesse well it's interesting that you chose um the oregon and uh, you know uh, uh, an offshoot of portland which right. was uh, at the time and still we hope is a pretty incredible growing food community, but Absolutely. that wasn't your concept coming out here to have anything to do with food. And then right. you just found your way towards there. Did you do any sort of uh, reconnaissance in Portland to check out how the cards did business, what they did um, and how you would operate because you'd never done this before. And you sure, surely there's some wisdom and knowledge uh, in those carts in Portland that have endured winters and you know, how to do things. Well, we, the funny thing was, is I think we went to two food cart lots, both surrounding the time that we, we ordered our food cart from quality food trailers in Portland. So when we get, need to go there and kind of take a look at things and see how we liked it and make adjustments, 
we would find ourselves at one of the food cart uh, pods. And, you know, that was kind of what we did. We, we figure that our market is so different in Tillamook than it would be in Portland. Portland's going to have um, a large community year round. You know, um, our business in the coast, as you know, is very seasonal. Um, although it's been very different this year with people not traveling as much. We've had year round traffic, uh, which was a great success and, and a happy accident. Um, and outside of that, it was just a matter of, you know, uh, what can we, where do we want to place our food cart? Because, you know, of course we live up in Nehalem and wouldn't it be great to have something in the Wheeler, Nehalem, Manzanita area? Well, two issues came up with that is one, great for the summertime. I'd love to have one up there in the summertime. Wintertime would be a lot tougher, to be honest. Um, and then the, the traffic that goes through Tillamook, the trap or the just the regular local traffic until look is much larger than even the tri count, you know, tri cities. So it was kind of an easy no brainer. Plus we're right on the one Oh one, which is a gift because people are, they pass us every time they go to that cheese factory and the cheese factory has over a million visitors a year. Yeah. So, you know, um, and you're also right across the street from McDonald's. So I think you need one of those, you need a little billboard that says, Hey, before you order, Jump over here. You are hilarious because I can't tell you um, <laughs> several times a year we hear we drove into McDonald's and then we looked over there and saw you. And then we looked at your menu and we were like, yes. <laughs> and so they come over. I'm like, yeah, we're grateful. You know, I would uh, think that it's a pretty good option. Plus, I know, we, got- they think it's a coup. Like we just decided to park ourselves across from McDonald's. I'm like, well, we're not really trying to take on the corporation of McDonald's. You know, it just happened to be the best location that has a natural drive through and a, you know, that the park area behind our cart was really what drew us to it. You know, we've been pushing back the weeds since we got there three years ago and it's just, you know, it's really shaping up into a nice little park. Oh, it's, it's awesome. I didn't realize that was your work to do oh, that. <laughs> it was. Uh, Brooke started. She, she uh, loves to be outside. So when she can, she gets out there and she started with um, little nippers and started nipping blackberries. The thing that it was filled with blackberries. Mm. And so it was probably cleared up until about like 15, 20 feet behind our cart. And then the rest was just wild. And so she kept nipping and clipping. And then we finally got the lawnmower out there and it would take us <laughs> a long, many hours to get it kind of groomed. And now we have a service. <laughs> That's impressive because just, just thinking about it, I was there, you know, a couple of times. Yeah. There's a lot of blackberry bushes around. Yeah. So. Which is great for the people love to wait for their food and eat blackberries in the fall. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's, a, that's pretty cool. But I'm, I'm impressed that you, went to that trouble. And how long has the uh, coffee, the killer coffee been there? Because I have to tell you, until I stopped into your place, I never even noticed it there. They needed one of those little signs. Yeah, everybody needs a sign. That's the, that's been the, uh, the <laughs> continuing theme for all of us. Um, kill That coffee has been there. I, I'm not exactly sure, but it's been there longer than I've lived in the community. Wow. Now, so- Killer purchased it a year ago, so or about a year and a half ago. So right, it's been still, I've been down there enough times in the year and year to have never noticed it. Yeah, and before it was a different color. Coffee. I mean, I. It's not like yeah. I'm not. I'm oblivious to all this stuff. Right. So I. I find. I just. 
I'm sorry. I'm getting older, but that has nothing to do with my memory. That has to do with what I'm noticing and what I'm thinking. So who knows? No, and you know, and we have locals that live in Tillamook that shop at Fred Meyer and then they'll come up and say, oh, you guys are brand new, right? When did you open? We're like four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you're kidding. No. I guess. So I, I, guess I figure when it's time, it's time. When, when, when we're, we're the right food for them, they'll come see us. I don't know that because I think as a marketing person and you're a marketing person, I think you can't just rely on people. Oh, when the whim strikes them, you've got, you got to draw them in a little bit. So yes, a little signage or something. But again, as a marketing person and someone who's interested in food and coffee to have really, I can't say I've never noticed. I never noticed your food truck, but I asked you, because this is where your one mind's one's mind goes were you up in Astoria? Because there's a cu- couple of carts there that I've noticed and never stopped into because okay. I have my spots in Astoria that I want to go. Yeah. And, and wintertime sitting outside is not something that is, I'm, I, you know, I'm uh, the first thing that I want to do. So I thought you may have been in Astoria. So sure. the, the mind is not, you know, doesn't necessarily um, equate one thing with the other. It's very nebulous. But at any rate, I would say it wouldn't hurt. And I I see now you have signs and so forth, but even for killer coffee, it's, I wouldn't just rely on um, when people's time comes, draw them in, get them in. And I say, get that billboard or or buy your way on the McDonald's app. And uh, so when people stop in there, you can creep them out and say, no, no, not here. Come there. But at any rate. That's funny. So, um, so what is it about, um, so how, what is your uh, clientele, how does that break out? How much of it is local now, do you see? And how much, obviously it's seasonal, but how much are tourists that are stopping one-time shots? I, I would guess it's probably about 50-50 mm-hmm. um, most days. So, uh, we, we have, and that's literally like when I look at my little square reports and we have returning customers versus or people that we see all the time and then our, and then our uh, tourists, it's, it's about 50-50. Uh, may lean a little bit more local or even a little bit more tourist depending upon the time of year. But um, this past year is really when we've even grown a larger stakeholder in kind of our local community. Um, they did a great job when COVID hit and letting everyone know they create our chamber of commerce created a uh, Tillamook takeout. And so people were constantly posting pictures of where they were eating. And um, many people, you know, even like yourself, like you drove by, you didn't know what we had, you know, we do. Um, we do marketing of course, through Yelp, or Yelp and Instagram and through uh, Facebook and that helps. But if you're not out there actively looking or looking at different restaurants in your area in the local community, you may not see what other people, unless someone else specifically posts like, oh, I just got this burger at Resets. It's great. You should go check it out. Mm-hmm. But that did through the through uh, Tillamook Takeout, that was a huge success for us. And we were very grateful. Um, we, had, we have so many new customers. We have so many people that now continue to come back. And... Uh, you know, it's just great. And the, the thing that we look forward to every summer is we have customers that come see us from various different states, and but they always visit the Oregon coast uh, in the summertime and they come back. They're like, we're back. <laughs> you know, I, I may not remember them exactly or their order, but it's just sweet that they remember us and that they come back and they want to have our food. And yeah. they're like, we tell everyone. I'm like, you tell everyone in North Carolina that if they're fantastic. <laughs> 
I well, love you it. know, food memories are very important. So as far as travel goes, I would imagine there are two things. There are a few things that are important, but one is accommodations where you stay sure. and what your view is and what that experience is. But if you have something that's in, incredible in a particular spot, you don't forget it and you want right. to get back. And I agree. you want to tell your friends. So, um, but we were starting, we were starting to talk a little bit about where you came from to get to, um, to get to Oregon, but do what, what about your food childhood? You learned to cook, obviously. And where did that come from when you were younger? What, what kind of things, where did you, you know, where's your uh, native cuisine? Uh, was it your mom? And what is it that you loved? And how did you start cooking and realizing you were pretty good at it? I feel like it, both my parents are very good cooks. Um, so I, I got the benefit of, you know, my dad who loves to pull up any kind of recipe and it's probably going to be a, a Ina Garten or, a, you know, some chef on some Food Network site, uh, Emeril Lagasse he loves, and he'll pull out these fancy meals for like Thanksgiving or Christmas or just a random night. He's like, oh, I found this recipe. I think we should try it. <laughs> and my mom is more in the kind of home cooking, just whatever the traditional, I, I feel like we always had Chinese food one night. We always seemed to have Italian food somewhere, Mexican in there. And she just kind of worked around and it was the same food, but it was always really good. Um, and the other thing that my parents were really interested in was making sure that they made independent children so that they could take care of themselves. So it was, you know, you clean the house every Saturday from top to bottom, you cook your food, you clean up your dishes. And so I just think that it was a natural progression of you've got to take care of yourself so you better know how to do it and um you know we'd have those classes in school where um it was like french class and so on fridays you could bring in a treat or something else and i don't know i just started dabbling in cook making coco vin or you know it just didn't whatever i felt like i wanted to make it i'd bring it in and and i got to play with setting things on fire and little flambe and it was fun. So, uh, you know, I just always played in food, even, you know, college after college, I, I've enjoyed cooking, but, uh, Where's to make it college, uh, Indiana university. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you I were started at a tiny school and then I uh, realized that when your college is smaller than your high school, it's probably time to go to a bigger school. I, sp I spent one semester in Marietta, Ohio. One. Oh. I got out of there so fast. Yeah. It was, and it was exactly the same size as my high school, but okay. I learned they didn't allow, um, I didn't know this when I went or when I applied, yeah. they didn't allow uh, boys in the girl, men, oh. I guess we became men in college, men in the women's dorms or yes. vice versa. And that was the first thing for me. I, was like, I went to a similar school than you did. And I made it an entire year, but I was like, cause I, it was a scholarship. So I was like, okay, mm. that was it. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, I'm well, like, aren't we supposed to be adults? <laughs> yeah, well, I now maintain when I hear other friends of mine whose kids are making important decisions, you know, when we went, not, no, not so much for you, but when I went to college, it wasn't a life or death issue every year that you were outlaying $40,000, $50,000 a year. Right. If you made a mistake. You had to fix that. 
in my day, I'm not going to poo-poo what it was, but it was it was under ten thousand or under five thousand yeah. a year. So when I decided, I think it was twenty six hundred a year or twenty six hundred a semester for me at IU. Yeah, well, so as an out-of-state student at University of Arizona in 1981, I still have my registration coupon. Okay. 985 a semester. Out of state. That's incredible. Out of state. That was just tuition and registration yeah. and, and, and insurance for $100, health insurance. Wow. So, so, um, so it's probably yeah, it 50000 now. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, well, my, my son went through changing and every year you make a change. It's stressful. Yeah. Back in my day, I moved around. So um, I made it literally, I called, my, no one is tuning in to hear this, but it's kind of fun in relation to what you're talking about. I called Syracuse University the day I arrived in Marietta to ask what I needed to do to get into there in January because I was dying to get to negative 80 with the wind chill factor. So, um, but at any rate, uh, yeah, so the small school thing wasn't working for me and it wasn't working for you either. So Indiana, that's, that, you know, there's a lot First of all, you got a lot more food choices there, right? It's not yeah. all family restaurants around no. wherever you were going. So right. um, it probably enabled you to learn a little bit. I ended up in a co-op in Syracuse. I had to cook for 14 people, cool. never having really cooked before in my life. Although, you okay. know, frozen pizzas. That's about what I did. Pausing a moment here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, Ringside Steakhouse. Uh, and now... We can eat there yep. as opposed to just having takeout and kits, which sorry to use the word just, but short of the great service experience at ringside, we're so pleased to hear that they're now open for dine-in service. Uh, Court, you'll talk about how to make a reservation in a minute, but uh, also they're still doing takeout uh, as well. So you can order takeout. Uh, up until 9 p.m. Wednesday to Sunday. And, uh, of course, make a reservation to dine in at ringside between 5 and 10 Wednesday to Thursday and 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. on weekends. That would be Friday to Sunday. Definitely something you need to uh, make part of your routine now that uh, routines are returning to normal. Uh, you can set up the re reservations at ringsidesteakhouse.com. Or uh, one thing I like to do is I open up my Open Table app and uh, can do it that way as well. Both work great. I recommend either. So Indiana, and how did you get from Indiana to Utah? Oh, well, um, I also lived in Los Angeles and Florida. I, I was okay. So after college, I had a couple friends and they said, we're moving to LA. You want to go? And I was like, yes, which is how I got into the overseas manufacturing game. Okay. So, I lived out there seven years in various different cities and communities, and I loved it and hated it, as I think most people would. It's beautiful weather every single day, which was a blessing and a curse, because sometimes you want it to rain or snow or something different other than beautiful sunshine. Mm -hmm. um, I think I liked it for the first three years. And then the traffic, it was horrendous. And, you know, luckily I ran into a former boss of mine in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. In Hong, in Hong Kong. Yeah, I ran into a former boss in Hong Kong and he said, hey, you wouldn't want to happen to be in a in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I thought, golly, you know what? If a company's going to hire me and move me back to Indiana, I might be ready for that. So they so I took that job. And so I was in Indiana for a year and then another company um, 
came after me to go to Tampa, Florida. So I was in Tampa for about a year. And then after Tampa, I moved back to Indiana and I was there for about four or five years as I was trying to figure out kind of where I wanted to go. I knew business. I was kind of done being in business, um, at least at that corporate, you know, executive level. I, I just, it did, I didn't have any passion for it. And How old were you when you made that decision or when you had that 30? realization? 30. I was okay. 30. Yeah. And then um, I met someone and she wanted to be in Utah. So we packed up and moved to Kanab, Utah, which is on the Arizona border. And her dream was to work for uh, an animal sanctuary. So I was like, sure, I'll go anywhere. You know, I, the beauty of what I guess my youth was packing up and moving to cities and never having been there before, but just checking it out. And so I loved Utah. I went on some amazing hikes and Red Rocks and Grand Canyon and Zion and Bryce. And then I realized I really like greenery and mountains and ocean. So that's how I basically ended up in Oregon. <laughs> and now it's, it's one of those easy things. It's like once I got here and I saw it, I was like, yes, this is home. You know, all the other times I kept moving and I kept looking and I'm like, no, you know, I knew right away with Utah, I'm like, oh, I'm going to really enjoy this for a few years. But it, after two, I was like, I'm ready to go. Um, this is not for me. Um, so, yeah, it was just a matter of waiting, you know, trying things out and waiting. I, I, I appreciate people who live in the same communities that they grew up in, but I knew that wasn't for me. You right. know, I, ne I never quite felt at home landlocked. Isn't it a wonderful thing to get to someplace you've never been yes. and then and say, this is really what I had in mind. Yes. And, uh, so I had the same thing. Once I moved to Oregon, I just, this is where I should have been all these years. And I lost all my allergies coming out here too. How about that? Yeah, no, I was itching my eyes every minute in Connecticut and never realized there was an easier, pretty good solution. Yeah. Other than pills. All right. 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 That's not a great solution, but when in, no. you know, well, it wasn't even an effective solution. So, sure. so yeah, it's great. So what is it? Um, so you found Tillamook, which is an interesting, sometimes I look at Tillamook and I think, well, this is just an interesting spot on the Oregon coast. Because if you, once you learn about it, you learn you've got Bay Ocean Spit nearby and, yep. um, you know, there's some beautiful spots, but it's, to me, it's that immediate smell Yes. When you get there, right? So any sunny day. Uh-huh. Right. So <laughs> immediately you're thinking this is not like any other place that I know of on the coast. Right. right. So um so how do you are there other areas that you've seen that maybe you think you other than business that you wish you would have liked? Are you do you feel like you're in the perfect place? Oh, we're in the perfect place. I know it. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, even we have a ton of customers will say, when are you going to put one in Portland? And I'm like, managing a truck in Portland would be a nightmare, you know? Well, besides you're, you know, you're one of the only fish in the sea well, out here. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, and you all come to the coast. So <laughs> right. you just know where to go when you come. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, we haven't explored a whole lot, especially since we opened the food cart that keeps us pretty busy and and pretty tethered. Um, but I really, I, I love, we love where we live. We love the ability to get out, take the dogs, go for a hike and not see anyone. 
you know, it's, there's, there's such gift in that. Um, and I could go like six different places any given day and I not, don't see anyone. So I'm like, great. You know, um, have you, have you been, I've had the realization of going into Nehalem Bay state park and then walking a little bit down the jetty trail and then making my way over to the beach. Uh-huh. And it's a Friday or Saturday, even, even if you're not on the beach, just on the trail, Friday or Saturday, and this most beautiful spot in the, it can't get any more beautiful right. and peaceful. And you're the only one. You can't see anybody for a mile. It's I know, isn't that great? In the summer when that's supposed to be high season. Right. So, and then, you know, yesterday I was down at uh, Oswald West at Short yep. City. Walking down there, I'm the only one in the middle of the day. Gorgeous day. So, well, this is the time of year to do that because you know you can't do short sands at all uh, in the summertime. Parking lots are packed, especially with a dog off leash. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so now sure. I take, believe me, I take advantage of that as much as possible. But um, similar experiences. What kind of dogs do you have? Vishlas. Vishlas. Those are those are very cool. Yeah, they're Hungarian. It was a when I lived in LA, I went to a dog show, and mm-hmm. I met a bunch of breeds because I didn't know. I grew up with Cocker Spaniels and I knew that wasn't it. Um, right. And oh my gosh, I met a Vishla and I was like, this is amazing. And when Brooke and I met, she had three little dogs. Three. <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah. Well, then uh, you must have really loved Brooke because nothing wrong with three dogs. I'm a dog lover, but that's a lot. A that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's a little <laughs> bit of a... Uh, you know, yeah. icing on the cake. Put it well, that we way. had a, a Maltese, a Yorkie Poo, and a and a, or a Westie Poo and a Yorkie. So uh, yeah, high maintenance. They were lovable little creatures. Uh, and two of the girls had passed away. Um, and then she looks at me and she's like, well, what, what kind of dog would you want? And I'm like, uh, a Bishla? <laughs> she's like, you could have any dog in the world. And she goes, I don't even know what that is. So we got one and he was so amazing that we needed to get his brother from another litter. Nice. So two years how old, later. How old are they? Um, Otis will be four in June and Vince will be three in September. Nice. And good names too. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, you know, the funny thing is they, it's Otis Redding and Vince Vaughn and that's not something I would have come up with for either of them, but (laughs) the reader had named them and their personalities are, they're Otis and Vince. I mean, I I can't, I, I've never, I've never even named an, an animal, a human name, but I seriously, I, they're perfect. So Well, that's great. And you landed in, in my estimation, no better place to enjoy a dog. And they lead you. The thing about dogs is they, they lead you outside, period. They do. And yeah. then they lead you to these beautiful places. So uh, you know, I've always said, as long as I'm giving Oakley and now Kodak a good life, I'm along for that. I'm along for that ride. So yeah. if my objective is to make them happy, then I, yeah. I'm happy as a matter of course so and Oakley and Kodak are uh doodles so doodles okay I, I'm sure there's some eyes rolling to podcast listeners right now because they've heard enough of this but uh Oakley Kodak is a three-year-old um golden doodle okay and Oakley the reason I had to walk away for a second there Oakley is coming on 17 okay and uh he no longer can get up by himself he's a labradoodle Okay. Um, but I, it's okay. I lift him every once in a while and then he gives me the signal. I want to get up and get water, which is what yeah. was, I just heard. Yeah. It's a little whoop, whoop. But and, 17, uh, how incredible. What a gift almost, for you. Yeah, July, July, yeah. Uh, July 20th. So 
we're working on getting them there and um it's it's day to day uh maybe i should you know what hot dogs maybe every day it's something different right so um it's frustrating because <laughs> whatever worked really well for a couple of days all of a sudden he kicks away or doesn't want it so at any rate um the dog life on the coast to me if anybody's looking for satisfaction or where to be happy and it's yeah. never really hot here and it's never really cold <laughs> So it's good. It's really, I mean, that was one of the drawing factors for us as well. It's like, I grew up in winter. You grew up in winter. You know, we know what that's like. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I've done enough of those. But right. I like a little dusting of snow. It's pretty. Uh, Monday morning, I was going to the food cart and opening up, and it's spitting snow on me. Yeah. You know, then, a little, then a little bit later, we had rain, and then we had sunshine. So I got yeah, it all in one day. That snow doesn't stay around very long. No. no. So you're open year-round. Yep. So um, how is business in the winter versus the summer for you? Um, it's, it's a pretty significant change, typically. Um, the first three, well, the first two years, I, I guess I'll say, is that, you know, uh, it was 30% of what summer was, I think. Um, this year, there's been a minimal, minimal difference. So it's, it's uh, we've kind of maintained, it was funny we've even talked about with some of the other like local businesses and we're like how are you guys they're like it's still summer I go I know it's still summer I said it's a gift uh we're not used to it we're also used to a little downtime but nobody's willing to wish it away <laughs> you know well it's interesting because while you couldn't anticipate this you did land in as good a COVID food right. business as you could possibly have I mean 100 percent it's yeah. uh, it's made for that, for, for takeout. And you also, I'll point out, which I didn't realize until I was sitting in your, at your picnic table, you have a drive-through operation have. at the food cart. You have one window that's right on the drive. Yep. And to, so when you order, do you wait there or do you drive away and then you call the name? How does that? We started, yeah, we used to have them wait and, and if it's raining and no one else, but honestly, it's just easier we, to keep the flow. We send them back to the back of the circle just to park. Right. And then we wave at them and then they come pick up their food. So that way we keep the line open so anyone else can call. You know, we have a lot. We do online ordering and we do call in as well. So that way people who may have called in and, you know, it's their turn to pick it up. They don't even have to get out of their car. And we that was one of the main reasons we liked that location was because it had a natural drive through. Right. You know, we, I'm like, and then when the weather is not great, as we know that it can be here and it can be wet for days on end, it doesn't affect the business because people still drive up and pick up their food and go home. That's pretty cool. I don't remember seeing, I'm sure they exist, but a lot of food, food carts or trucks that have that drive up option. Right. So right. Well, and it, it, it does for, for where we are located, it, it does help. Um, <laughs> You know, a lot of the pods in Portland, I think they have overhangs, places where you can eat and stay dry. Right. Uh, we don't have that uh, yet anyway. So um, we started looking uh, at the different coffee carts. Um, one of the taco carts in town has a drive up. And it, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a no brainer, especially with the way people kind of live these days. You know, they're just, they're on the move. So let's help them stay on the move. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fantastic. So um, have you, you don't get a lot of chance to get out, but do you have some favorite spots? I'll put, I'll let you do the work here. Okay. For people who are coming out to the coast 
and want to know where, what they should do, not necessarily only eating, but some of your other sure. food spots, some of your, some of your brothers and sisters in, in uh, Tillamook area that you would recommend? Totally. Um, some of the places we love, I don't know if uh, you're listening, Munson Creek Falls, it's south of Tillamook, but it's a, I don't know, I think it's a 75 foot waterfall. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's a little th like three quarter mile hike. You cruise back in great little parking area and it's just beautiful. And again, it's one of those places that a lot of people don't know about. So it's usually not very busy. Um, I also love the spit, which you already mentioned. Um, I think that's a great place to get both beach bay, you know, forest, you can get all kinds of different weather in just one little location. Sometimes it's fun to hike out to the bay side and then cut through the middle and land up on the beach. Um, it's a great place to get in some miles, uh, places okay. we love to eat. We, we have our, as most people, we have our regular rotation, right? Um, I love the taco cart until I love tacos Providencia. They have an avocado salsa uh, mm -hmm. that is, I don't know. It just makes a burrito amazing. That's um, one I, reason I never stopped at recess before <laughs> that, because I was always, yeah. when I was on my way through Tillamook and there was an eating possibility, yeah. that's where I would That go. was it. But exactly. they've moved. They've changed things around. So I'm a little confused about them because they had a couple of locations and now they have one. So what are they left with now? I think that they do have just the one, but the sister business that was in Barview Jetty, do you know that right. one? That's in Rockaway now. Okay. And I like them as well. That's the one I go to when I'm at home and I don't want to drive all the way to Tillamook for Mexican food because okay. um, their salsa is a little bit hotter. And if you mix the habanero and the avocado together, their habanero is not going to kill you. It's got a really sweet flavor to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does have the heat, but the mix of the two together is pretty amazing. Uh, although they typically tell me I'm a gringo and I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which could, I they like. read, could they read that ahead of time? Because I found it interesting when I was asked whether I wanted uh, ketchup or uh, fry sauce with my fries that you, I walked up and you said, oh, no, no, you want ketchup. You're a, you're a ketchup guy. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how you figured that out, but you were right. Your accent. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was well, it. Uh, you know, He's and I guess not, not necessarily. I mean, everybody's fry sauce is even different. You know, I didn't know what fry sauce was until they I said that. fry sauce where I was growing up. There was no such thing. Exactly. Me, me either. I sat down at my first restaurant in Utah and they go, you want fry sauce? I'm like, what do you, you mean ketchup? And they're right. like, no, fry sauce. And yeah, I've been hooked ever since, but I have navigated back to just ketchup. Yeah. Well, I also, um, in a COVID world, I've found that if the fries are good enough, I don't need ketchup because that, that's more work and it's more mess in the car. That's but true. The fries have to be good enough. And of course, in my mind, the fries have to be within five, three to five minutes. Otherwise, they start losing it. So they do. They lose their luster. For right. sure. So um, anyway, back to some of your places. And I want to point out when you said the spit, people may not be familiar with um, Bay o it's Bay Ocean Spit, one word, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's quite a history there that if anybody wants to Google, it's pretty interesting, but it's a great hike. It's seven miles all the way around the yeah. whole island, I think. And you, it is. you get Ocean and Bay. I just wanted to revisit that because the spit, who knows? That's true. They may we, not be. I live, we live here, so we know, right, exactly. fair enough. Um, I love Marzano's Pizza in Manzanita. Bingo. You and I have a lot of similarities. We really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, have you been to Downey's in Bay City? Downey's in Bay City? It's a, no. it's a little breakfast lunch joint. It's like a little diner. 
Um, it is, if you want like a, a greasy spoon diner, like regular old good old American food. Right. And their cinnamon roll is very delicious. Wow. That's, thank you for turning me out of that. I hadn't even heard. Yeah. Of that. I thought I should tell you that one. And my other favorite I used uh, when, uh, I went to breakfast, I've been, to, I've, I've been to eat there a handful of times. Um, and now they've just moved to Manzanita. And I think you and I were even talking about it. Maybe yep. that time. Uh, the offshore grill. There's their their breakfast potatoes. <laughs> I don't know what For, it is. Not only their breakfast potatoes, but everything. Yeah, there. they and have great food. Yeah. They have great food, and I know the people in Rockaway were probably heartbroken when they, they must be. I know. Manzanita. But I know everybody I talked to in Manzanita, which is not a lot of people, by the way. Right. I don't. I don't converse a lot. I don't stop, and I'm not down on Lanita very often. But everybody I know is just delighted and thrilled about Offshore Grill. So hopefully they'll be able to handle the volume that we get in the summer because it's going to oh, be- Oh, they will because they did the same thing in Rockaway. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't think? No, I think they will. But yeah. I just think Manzanita, for whatever reason, has got- Yeah, it's Rockaway fit. too. It's a better fit for them, I think, in, in general. For their food, I think, yes. I think so too. And that's not to sound snobby, but I just think you've got some entrees- creeping up to over the $30 mark for some of them, not everything, but um, yeah. I just think that's more of a, a Manzanita thing than it is a Rockaway. 100%. But their crab fried rice, and it's not on the menu right now, is right. Just, it, just incredible. Um, yeah, no, the Offshore Grill is, uh, is yeah. one of the true delights. And of course, yeah. I never ask people questions when I don't know the answer because you don't know what you're going to get, but we all love Wanda's. There's yes, of course. Food. Yeah. So yeah, and the guys who've taken over, you know, they've done a great service. Um, the the remodeling of the restaurant, you know, it's just so beautiful. And uh, you know, it is unfortunate that the dining, you know, possibility went away, but the, it'll be back. And that was just one of my great, you know, it was one of those places where literally we'd be like, oh yeah, let's meet at Wanda's. We'll meet there at whatever time and then go for brunch. You know, it's well, just they've done very well with, um, of course, not offering dine in, but putting right. heaters outside and sure. being able to eat in a really the, in the back there is awesome. And in the front, yeah. it's great. So have you been to the Handy Creek bakery there? I haven't, but I also, I, I just drove by there. The, usually I take Miami fully, so I don't go the coast very often. Right. But I was just wondering, are they still open? Like, did they make it through this? I was wondering too, but I saw oh. cars out there the other morning. Oh, cool. so they're still open. And to me, um, you know, everybody talks about Wanda's, but the, the the food and the it's very sweet in Handy Creek Bakery. The food is nice. great. The omelets are good, um, and it's got some of the best views. If you get oh, yeah. two tables, it's got these incredible views looking over the base from wheel the Wheeler. It's in Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah. Um, so I always recommend that to people too, especially if Wanda's is, you know, in the summer. If you get Act. there after nine or yeah. ten, forget <laughs> it. I'm not one who likes to wait that long, especially <laughs> someone who lives here. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But um, we get spoiled, don't we, with the winter time? <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, I'm not one for long lines anywhere. But I'll have to check that out. Summer. Thank you. Pardon yeah. me. I said I'll have to check out uh, Handy Creek. I'm excited. So yeah, no, I I think they're good, and I I think I hate to say this or create false rumors, but you know, Salmonberry Saloon had gone to uh, uh, like a food collective, and yep. I don't know if that's open any longer. I think I passed it the other day, and. I haven't seen good. any posts in a long time from them, not since kind of the early stages of their transition. So, right. Yeah. So I, 
I hope they reopen. Maybe they're going to do it, but it doesn't look like they were. And, you know, what a treat that was when it first opened and then went. Yeah. To and beautiful views as well. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can't you could you can't have a better view unless you go to like restaurant Beck down in Depot Bay. Right. There's one for you. If you yeah. want to if you want to celebrate something, go down. That's a really beautiful. OK. Uh, situation but we're not going to do Newport because that's my favorite place to go and eat in the area on the coast oh yeah we can do that privately although I can do a list right now if people are listening and people have heard this before if they listen to this podcast South Beach Fish Market for fish and chips is the best fish and chips you're going to get anywhere that I know of um, and then um, of course local ocean seafood Sorella is fantastic those are just naming them for now, but we've done podcasts and talked about them, but That's awesome. uh, Newport has great food too. So any others that we're leaving off in the area that you uh, know of? I'm lacking for Cannon Beach when people ask me about Cannon Beach and I'm always telling them, I told you know, someone, I went to that Mexican drive down to recess. Forget yeah, drive, exactly. drive down to recess. <laughs> I, uh, that Mexican place, and I'm going to be really terrible and not remember their name, but they used to be in Warrington. Um, and then they moved to Cannon Beach. The prices also came up with Cannon Beach. It's amazing. Very really? I'm trying to yeah. think of what it is. I probably know what it is. but I think Brooke and I got dinner there one night for the two of us takeout, and it was uh, $80. <laughs> oh, for Mexican and Cannon Beach, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're looking, you do that at Chico in Portland, and you'll be okay. I don't think you'll spend eighty, but you'll spend something. It's I'm okay Oaxacan. to spend whatever if it's really good, you know. Right, it's Oaxacan, and they do a great takeout. So get on their email list and see, okay. and maybe get in there someday. But at any rate, nice. um, I wanted to cover our area of the coast a little sure. bit, and I'm trying to think if we did we leave anything. Oh, the summertime. This is. So, uh, you know, you're in Oregon now, so you can't view, every, you have to look at it as a community. Right. So the hot dogs in Manzanita, the mud dogs, Manzanita mud dogs. Um, I haven't had one. Oh, my God. So um, so it's changed uh, a little bit, but they're just, they're like an institution here in Manzanita. And the yeah. proprietor passed away a few years yep. ago. His wife is still uh, Jim Mudd, his wife yep. is still running it with some folks and seven bucks. It's a great dog. A lot of it goes to charity. Nice. And, um, they do a really nice job. People know about it, but if they don't, it's yeah. worth it. There's always generally a line in the summer and they're open. Yeah, they do the Vienna beef, the Chicago style, right? Chicago style, which is something yep. that from the East Coast, I was a purist and I've learned to like just leave off those spicy peppers and I'm good. For yeah, no sport peppers, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I but I like them, and it's always a, a treat to go down. And and if you bring your dog on a leash there, they hand your dog a half a hot dog to cold. Just that's to get, cute. Just, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's a really good thing. So, um, but now that I bring two dogs, I, I I give them a little more to to work on. So. Um, <laughs> At any rate, that's one other. I'm trying to think. Uh, there's a new place going into um, the old big wave. I think it's oh. going to stay the big wave. I I, think it sounds is. like they're going to keep it what it was with new owners. Uh, yeah, and I think one of the previous sous chefs is the taking it over. Oh, all right. Um, well, that was the rumor from, oh, another place I love, J. Andy Oyster in Tillamook. Really? It's on like 7th and Tillamook maybe, but it's it's called J, letter J, uh, dot Andy, A-N-D-Y, Oyster Company. And they 
harvest their own oysters. They farm them, they bring them in, they smoke them. They've got clams. They've got, uh, they'll do um, oysters on the half shell. It's a great little place. Like, let me tell you this. If I was going to go, I don't get a lot of time to eat out. But if I get time to go sit somewhere, have a beer, have some fried oysters or oysters on the half shell, or they have a great shrimp cocktail, that's the place. It's oh, just, wow. It's super cool. The guys are, the, the owners are awesome. Great family. So I almost sure. forgot, but yeah. That, Thank you for turning everyone onto that. That's, uh, that's yeah, something I haven't even heard of. It's a little gem. You'll, you'll love it. It's absolutely fantastic. We, so. we love the little gems. Have you been out to, as long as we're talking about it, what is now the, uh, what is it? The moon? It was Wild Rain, Wolf Wild Rain. Moon Gallery. The gallery out there where the, she's got coffee and she's oh. the old Wild Rain Gallery, six mi eight miles up. Yeah, on the Wilson. The six on the Wilson River. Yeah. That's a cute little stop too that I always recommend. To totally. Everybody. It's a great little gallery. She's got many of the same artists in there. And so... Yeah, a good stop. And she I just met her. She moved up from Utah also, I believe. Wow. So with her mom, they bought that place. So that's awesome. Yeah. So check that out as well. Yeah. Um, so, oh, you're well, the most important thing. What's your favorite thing that you serve? You know, they're all your babies, everything that comes out the window there. But what's your what do you suggest someone try? Because I don't, we've only talked about hot dogs. You mentioned burgers, but what do you burgers? Say? Burgers are where it's at. Burgers we are make where our it's hot. At. Yeah, we we make our own seasoning. Um, you know, our beef is fresh. We the Marco Polo hands down is our best seller. It's got avocado and bacon, Monterey Jack, lettuce, tomato, pickle, onion inside, and then our house made burger sauce. Wow, so burger sauce. Is, yeah, burger sauce. It's the fry sauce, but yeah. So <laughs> you know, same thing. It becomes burger sauce. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, <laughs> well, we call it recess sauce technically, but then people are like, well, what's recess sauce? And then we're like, well, it's like fry sauce or, you know, it's ketchup mayonnaise base. So, but yeah, and then we have a barbecue style burger, the king of the playground. And it's a barbecue. We make our bar. We have three different barbecue sauces. We make all in house. Um, two are ketchup based and one is uh, mustard based. My good, my, my great uncle Bud used to bring it up from South Carolina, this weird yellow barbecue sauce, but fell in love with it so we have it we have that on the menu fantastic yeah so um and you're you're open is it how many days a week are you six open? days a week we're open monday through saturday um and 11 to 7 really so sunday is the day you want off on the summer in, in it's you know <laughs> you know chris it's really difficult to uh yeah we my partner wants to go seven days i too would like to go seven days but that's just an awful lot of days so we May go you, seven days. It's and you're hands-on six days? Uh, probably four, definitely. Oh, good. So you got a little time off. This, yeah. is your, this is your day not to be there. This, Yeah, that's why I was like, uh, I could do probably Wednesday or Saturday. Okay. <laughs> you know, and then some days you get called in because I was like, gosh, why did I make it at noon? I mean, what if they get busy? You know, but I'm a half hour. We're a half hour from the cart. So, you know, right. by the time I would get the call that they're swamped and got there, it's our, I'm just there for cleanup. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. So well, they, have, they have to learn. So, and, and the hours are again? 11 to seven. Oh, so it's dinner time opportunity too. Absolutely. And we, we take orders until seven. I, I, you know, we're so grateful for so many of our customers and they try and be very thoughtful, but we're open 11 to seven. So if you call me at 6.59 or even at seven, I'm going to make your food. You know, I, I'm not there in a, 
We've so done can, times too I where we've had. From, I, I can call you from here. Take the forty minutes it takes to get down there, and I can pick up my burger at seven forty. Well, the likelihood, Chris, is it may be a little cold, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I've got to clean up anyway. That's what we tell people. It's not like we're we're not trying to turn everything off at six thirty and leave at okay. seven. I mean, I understand a lot of restaurants do that because I've also gotten flack. I ordered a pizza one night. Yeah. And they're like, and I said, I'll be there as close. Can you make it ready for eight? And they're like, well, that's when we close. We want to walk out the door. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm no, like, well, I'll be there as quick as I can. But one of the things that impressed me on this podcast years ago was, and you may or may not be familiar with Ox in Portland, but when we had Greg Denton on there, he said, if you walk in and sit down at 1059, yep. even if you take a little while to order, you walked in the door at 1059 yep. and you can take all the time you want. That's what, that's hospi right. that's what hospitality is. So, yep. uh, so no, I'm angling for delivery from you. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm working on that medley relay delivery of a burger. Well, I, I think we could probably make that happen. If you met me in Mahalem, that could exactly. totally that, that's yeah. just get me some of the way there. I'll bring you a hot dog. Yeah, or a burger. I'm a, or you, a you wet my appetite for a burger today. So I am thinking it would be a nice day. It's a beautiful day out there. It would be a nice day to buzz down there for lunch or dinner. I'm hungry right now. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, I, I, it's a while to get down there. So we'll see. Yeah. But I, I, it's a pretty good bet. I'm going to be down there for a burger today. Well, I look forward to seeing you again. I really appreciate your time and wanting to. Oh, have no, this is awesome that you came yeah. on. Are you going to be there today? No, nope. Okay, so yeah. Well, not well, if I, can, I should say not if I can help it. I will be there Thursday and Friday. Yeah, no, but I, I, I have a, I got a Jones right now, so I may. Be yeah, you're right. Out. Well, Brooke is there and uh, Sydney's there, and they'll take good care of you. Okay, great. Thanks so much. I sincerely appreciate your taking the time to come. Hopefully, I will cover this in the intro, but okay. may as well do it again right now. How do people find you online and exactly your address for those who aren't that familiar with Tillamook? Sure. Okay. Uh, we are located at uh, 1910 Main Avenue North, which is also the US 101. We're right across the street from uh, Advanced Auto Parts and Caddy Corner to from McDonald's. Uh, you can find us. Uh, we have recess food truck um, or at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram at Recess Food Truck OR. Um, golly, and I'm not, our website's not as easy. So, <laughs> but either one of those can link you to our website and you can online order. You can call your orders in or you can just come and be in our food cart. And say hello. And if, and if you want to say hello to you, yep. Jen, you just, any day but Wednesday and Saturday. <laughs> For now. Right? And, sun, and Sunday too. And don't Sunday. Go, don't right. go on Sunday. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I do look forward to seeing you again, either in the cart or on some handoff or uh, well, let's go grab, grab breakfast somewhere. That would be great, Chris. I would really like that. I would Thank love you that. so much. All right. Thanks for your time. Right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right